Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. Well, hello there, beautiful people, homeschool world, homeschool universe. If you happen to have missed last episode, episode 13, obviously, um, you would know that this is actually part two of a three-part series that's focusing on how to have difficult conversations or challenging discussions and conversations with your teen. Episode 13, we gave you basically five steps. That episode dealt with how do you prepare for that conversation. Step one was you pray. Step two, you need to collect yourself. Step three, plan your approach. Step four, you need to help them or develop a plan on how to help them discover potential solutions. And then step five to that first episode was rehearse. If you want more information on those five steps, I ask you to go back to episode 13 because today we're shifting over not to you preparing, but how do you actually navigate these challenging discussions with your team. And on that, let's get going. Let's get going. Hey, honey, true or false, the term long shot has to do with navigation. That's a negative. It's actually true. It says a long shot is an occurrence that would take a great deal of luck, and it comes from an early ship's guns tended to be inaccurate. If a shot made impact from a great distance or a long shot, it was considered out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. One more navigation term before we help these parents navigate difficult conversations. That's right. Let's see. The expression in the doldrums is also related to navigation. Absolutely not. I, that was like a Harry Potter term. <laughs> it is. It says it means depressed or listless. The doldrums refers to the belt around the earth near the equator. And because there's often little surface wind for ship sails to use in this geographic location, sailing ships got stuck on its windless waters. Over time, people equated the calmness of the doldrums with being listless or depressed. My, my apologies. I thought you said cauldron. Like, you know, you put stuff in and you stir it. <laughs> my bad. Cauldron, doldrums, uh, it's close enough. So today we're going to start by opening up in prayer. That's right. Step one. And having a difficult conversation is you open up in prayer. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you were saying about loving your neighbor, right? If you're going to love your neighbor, it's a nice practice to stop and pray together, right? You're going to pray because you both want to be polite and you both want to listen, so not interrupt and extend love and grace and understanding. So taking a moment to pray is crucial. You know, emphasizing that, going back to what we said last episode about the great commandment, love God above all things, and the next is love your neighbor as yourself. And that's when we had mentioned, your child is your neighbor. And so extending this love, great benefit to open up in prayer without a doubt. Step one, before having a difficult conversation and navigating that. Step two, hey, listen, we need you to be super wise with regards to the time and place for this conversation, right? We're talking about maybe moving away from the source of potential conflict, right? So if there are issues at home with siblings, well, then probably a conversation in one of the rooms nearby won't help. So picking a nice, quiet, private spot 
me. I like to do mine walking. I like to walk and talk. And that's my mind right in terms of calms me down, gets me ready. I know, but I make sure that you have your plexus hydrate before you go and take that nice long walk. Especially with our boys, they have a lot of feelings that that are affecting them physically. And the fact that they don't have to sit still and work through a difficult situation just makes it so much nicer. So begin by praying. You've chosen the right time and place. That was two. And number three is listen actively. That means, and really you model this so well for me, is that you're going to pay attention to what your teenager is saying without judging them or giving them a condemning look. It involves asking open-ended questions and helping them to open up. So you're encouraging them to elaborate and talk about their feelings at the same time because we're focused on listening and not reacting. It also means that as a parent, we're going to stay calm and composed. So it allows for the conversation to happen unhindered and it also keeps the the door open so that your teenager doesn't shut down and just say, forget it, this is done. If that does happen, you can just take a break, but just listen actively. You're focused on listening, not reacting. Now, now, here's a little hint. Part of listening actively is asking good, open-ended questions and encouraging elaboration. Active listening does require good open-ended questions and encouragement to elaborate. Sometimes the elaboration is a head nod, right? That means you can keep going, right? Because sometimes you got to understand these kids are not only sharing, but trying to gauge how much they can share with you at one time, right? They too are working through this. This is why the next episode right? The next episode deals with how your child can prepare for this conversation, right? So at the beginning, episode one, how you prepare. This one's how we're walking through it. And for step four, you want to continue as you're listening, giving them the opportunity to be open and honest. So you're going to make it so that as they share their concerns or feelings, they're able to do it in a straightforward manner. They're gaining confidence that they can be honest and express their emotions in a way that they don't have to filter it. They can just tell you what they're thinking, what they're what they're frustrated with, you know, what is causing them angst. And and if I can add, I I need you to you know, if while actively listening, while asking these open ended questions, while encouraging encouraging them to speak, you know, you're also sprinkling ahead. I need you to be honest. I need you to be open. I need you to not fear my responses. You know, we prayed. I'm here, but I want you to. Just just keep something in mind. I just want you to keep something in mind. I need you to be sensitive to any vague or partial disclosures, right? You kind of know when they've kind of cut a thought short. You kind of sense, right? You kind of sense when they're kind of giving you something kind of, sort of, that they're trying to gauge more your response than actually being open and honest. Uh, uh, If you're aware of that, your open-ended questions will open those things up. So, for example, you, you hear something kind of vague or partial. Hey, hey, so, hey, what happened next? Right? That's an example of an open-ended question where you hear some sort of vague or partial disclosure, right? Because you're trying to promote openness, right? So just, you know, our step number four is help them be open and honest, but your opening questions are kind of being gauged by any vague or partial disclosures, right? Hey, so what happened next? Or, hey, could you tell me what else happened, right? So these are kind of open-ended that keeps them moving forward in terms of their opening. So just be sensitive to that while you're actively listening and while you're trying to promote a being honest and being uh being open 
Step number five, we want to encourage you to show empathy. That means you're able to put yourself in your teenager's shoes, which in one sense we can do because we were once teenagers, but in another sense, it's a different, they they face different problems than we did, right? So we're going to put ourselves in their shoes and try to understand their feelings and perspective, but at the same time we realize that they have a whole new dimension of pressures that we didn't have. There are so many times, even as an adult, for example, that something's happening and then there will be a text. I read the text and my kids have no idea. And all of a sudden I go from being calm to being frustrated about something, but I'm in the same spot. Like I'm physically, I haven't left the room. No one's come in or out of wherever we're at. So the kids have no idea. Well, that's what our students face at a much greater extent than we could ever imagine and that we ever had to face. And if I can add on to that, you know, you know, with regards to showing empathy, you are stepping into your child's shoes in order to understand. You're not stepping into their shoes to problem solve. I know because I do that so often. I'm like, man, let me just step into your scenario and let me tell you exactly how this would be addressed. So when your mind immediately goes to problem solving mode, chances are you're not actively listening, right? And so if your mind jumps into, you know, problem solving mode, you have absolutely stepped into their shoes, but definitely not for understanding. So be super duper, you know, patient, which is the next step. So I'm not going to talk about that right now, but in showing empathy, Step into their shoes to understand. That's that's key. And if you don't mind, sweetie, I'll, I'll go into number six. Man, this is critically important. You got to use I statements. You got to use I statements, right? So finally, when it gets to the point where you begin to maybe share your end, right? I mean, you've actively listened. You've promoted openness and honesty. You've used your question to address any vagueness or partial disclosures or move the, move a, move the sharing along, right? You've done all that. Now it comes time for you to kind of share a couple things on your end, right? So here's an I statement compared to a you statement. I've noticed X, right? I've noticed You've been a, uh, you've been you know a little more quiet than usual, right? Here's the other one. Here's the you statement. You've been more quiet lately. Seems very. I'm sure. It could, I mean, someone who's able to intellectualize the conversation and remove emotion could understand that both those statements are exactly the same. Unfortunately, when you're when you're disclosing things, sometimes the emotional pieces of the words you use take much greater worth, right? So, hey, I feel. I noticed this about you, right? Because they can't argue what you've noticed or how you feel. I've noticed this. I'm concerned about that, right? Rather than you concern me, you keep doing this. Yeah, I, I've noticed you're more quiet and, and I'm concerned and I've been concerned. That moves us over to number seven. Now, number seven is, is very strategically placed, right? Number seven is be patient, right? We could have had be patient at any point. One, two, three, four, five, even number six. But we have it here in terms of being patient only because now we've shifted in the conversation from them sharing out and you asking open-ended questions to get all that out. And then now, you know, step six, using I statements. So now so now it's a combination of both you and them kind of talking, right? We're finally at that stage. And so just want to encourage you to be patient on both ends of the equation as you receive information and as you express information. Just just be patient, be sensitive a little bit in that, that conversation. It's almost like you need a second wind. You've navigated this first part 
And now you're going to be doing some sharing out yourself. Yeah. And yes. you want you need that little extra boost because you've listened and now we're we're entering like a, a you know a deeper st- part of the conversation, a different stage within the conversation. Yeah, here's an example of being patient. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. That is called silence, right? That 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 little quiet moment. It might be uncomfortable for some, but that, that silence, right? Because I've only given you like two seconds, but it probably felt like 30 minutes, right? Sometimes. It's when you're giving your kid time and space to process information, silence is golden, Right. Last thing you want to do is something that comes out of you or the child. Something comes out of the child and all of a sudden things get heated and we're off topic. Right. Because when I tell you that the conversation is difficult enough, simply dealing with the actual content you're talking about and not be distracted by all other things that are kind of shooting us uh, left or right. So silence is golden. Give them time to process information. Please don't get uncomfortable with silence. One of the main things that kind of get in the way of a, of an open-ended, uh, child-sharing, very empathetic conversation is when you don't listen actively and speak in terms of filling up those times. Don't be afraid. Those quiet times are nice, beautiful things. Step eight. Offer support. So you're going to let your teenager know that you are there to guide them and to help them as they are working through and they have to address different concerns that they have and yes you have your concerns you have your own things that you see as a problematic but right now um, it's something that you're positioning yourself to support them as they're facing something let them know that you're there to help them no matter what if it looks like there's a problem and it's just between the two of you you might be tempted to just to to see it only as limited Mm -hmm. but very likely if you and your if you and your teen are having problems these patterns are being seen in other parts of their life or they're just having relational problems with other people as well Right Now, number nine in terms of how you have this conversation really connects well with step four of the previous episode. This is what I mean. So step nine is, hey, you're going to want a, a little call to action. What will be our next step? So now, if you remember step four of last week, it dealt with in your conversations, kind of steering them toward potential solutions. Again, if you're problem solving, if you're providing the solutions, it becomes I'm implementing mommy, daddy's plan. You don't want that. In your conversations, you want to drop little hints and kind of guide them toward coming up with solutions, right? That was how you prepare. Step number four of last week's episode. This is step nine of this episode. And in this episode is what's our next step? By this point, you've inserted a couple different things, kind of giving them some guidance in terms of some direction there. And it's like, hey, what's our next step? Now, that next step may be a little combination of negotiation and a little bit of compromise in terms of, hey, because they want to go a certain direction. You think, you know, you have an ideal path to, to solve this. But step nine, what, what are we going to do next? So what are we going to do now? Is it cut that relationship? Is it move forward in this area? Is it, you know, repent and move away from this other area? It could be multiple things. Yeah, there definitely has to be some sort of agreement. The, the agreement could even be, though, that you're going to come back and have another conversation. Yeah, that's a great one. It might not even be, um, you know, depending on the circumstances, it might not look like an immediate resolution. But 
you have worked because you've been actively listening and empathetic and being patient. You're working because at the end of this part of this whole conversation, you're wanting to reach some kind of an agreement with your teenager. It might look right like the tiniest little bit of agreement. Take it. It could be something bigger. Rejoice. But no matter what impact you think it will have, it's still a step in the right direction. Now this last step, step number 10, and that's follow-up, right? A couple days later, hey, how you doing with that? You know, I mean, there's so many moving pieces in life, both in yours and in theirs, that it's very easy to think, okay, one and done, conversation, maybe not necessarily one and done, but hey, that ship is sailing towards success, praise to the Lord, but you got to come back and follow up. You got to check up with the teenager after that that particular conversation to ensure they're doing okay, to to ensure that you're providing the support that's needed, to 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 show them that that we have a continued open line of communication, right? I mean, the concept is they've shared. More importantly, I'm going to venture to say, even more important than resolving whatever difficulty or issue is this relationship that's being built as you're having a conversation. Right. That's that's what's going to probably work us through multiple difficult conversations in terms of the relationships we build at each and every one. Yeah, because when we're building and there's conversations like this, right, and we have reached an agreement, even if it's very tiny, part of the agreement could be we're going to come back and, and follow up. Right. That it is a separate step, but it could also be part of the agreement. And when we are too quick to reach what we think is the solution. If we're not careful, what we end up doing is kind of just putting out the outward behavior, but it will just express itself in a different relationship or in a different way. Or now you might have a teenager who feels like, well, I just got to be more sneaky. We're able to not only work on whatever the outward behavior is that is maybe causing a problem, but we're also giving time and focusing on what's also happening in the heart and mind of your child so that this type of behavior doesn't just kind of pop up in a different way or in a different relationship. So navigating challenging discussions, right, begins with opening in prayer, we recommend, right? Choosing the right time or place, right? Listening actively, helping them be open and honest, you showing empathy, using I statements, you exercising great patience, you offering support, you encouraging and coming up with some sort of agreement, right? Working together on that. And next, follow-up. That final one is number 10, follow-up. Those will be your 10 steps. If this seems daunting to you, well then rehearse it with somebody that can help you. As an adult, you have your own things, right? And so, again, this is why we had part one. Prepare. So think these things through with your friend or with a spouse so that you can support your teen as they open up and you help them in whatever difficult situation they find themselves yeah, in. Yeah, and, and, and I'll give you a hint. This isn't as difficult as it may seem, right? So we've had a conversation about 10 steps, but the reality is these are all behaviors and things you've done already, right? We're just trying to um, maybe put a label to them just to see if there's any tweaks in that. And the reality is all these things are happening simultaneously, 
as you're being patient, you are listening attentively, right? When it comes time for you to speak, you're going to be using I statements. You're going to be encouraging. You're going to be offering support. So all these things are interweaved, operating independently, not independently, but actually interacting and, and seamlessly being woven together. So, but let me just tell you. Our next episode, I think, is going to be of equal quality, and that's uh, the third part of our series. And that third part of the series is really going to focus on how do you prep your teen for this conversation? How do you prep them, right? I'm not even going to give you any hints on tied to that. So you're going to have to wait till next Wednesday. I'm going to give it to you so that, uh, you know, we could share. This might be one even that your teen should listen to. Yep. That way it is not a long shot that you have good success in that conversation. Remember to share this episode with somebody that you care about. Visit our Instagram page and help us help other parents have a homeschool unlocked experience. Yeah! Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life.